Chris Wendelkin, and this is On the Line, my podcast where I call friends living around the country to talk all things NBA, NBA deep dives, drafts, uh, news from around the league. Thanks, uh, thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at ontheline underscore pod. I am on Instagram. You can find me there if you have any uh, ideas, questions about the league, um, fantasy basketball questions, whatever it is. You can always email me if you want to just drop me a line and say hi. Onthelinepod at gmail.com. Last, um, please, please, please do me a favor. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. The, uh, the NBA season is right around the corner. Um, obviously, people are out uh, looking for new NBA content, so it really helps me and the show out a lot. So thanks, thanks, and thanks. All right, we're back on the line. I uh, hope you guys had a good week. Happy, happy fall. Happy start to the NFL season, if that's your thing. Um, we have had some just like torrential rains here in New York City. We were in the throes of like 90 degree heat days and then uh, just a couple days ago, it just started pouring rain and hasn't stopped. So I got to admit, I am feeling psyched about the uh, the changing of the season and some fall weather here. So um, on today's pod, Ben Craw and I are, are drafting our favorite all-time NBA signature moves. Signature moves. What's a signature move? It's not a, uh, it's not a one-time thing. This is not like a, a shot. This is not like the iconic Michael Jordan buzzer beater. Um, it's not a one-time occurrence. It's a, it's a repeatable action, something, a move, a player became known for over the course of their career. So um, let's just jump into it. Ben and I will explain it a little further. Uh, so here it is, the signature moves draft on the line with the one, the only, Ben Craw. All right, we're back. Uh, back this, the saddle, baby. This is On the Line, the On the Line podcast, and we're here with Ben Craw. We're doing another live draft it's another hot night in brooklyn another another warm night in brooklyn at this BC, at this point bc this pod will prob we are probably listening to this on our computers or on our phones in like mid september early yeah. to mid september um, oh so it's not as hot a night in no. brooklyn as it was the first time we did well, this of course yeah no. probably not as hot yeah. maybe still pretty muggy though but yeah. we're looking forward to nba training camp may or may it's, not be raining outside may or may not be raining tough to say nba training camp is probably right around the corner wow so we Can't are getting fired up finally made it to this point so we are doing a draft tonight with with that in mind we're doing a draft tonight on That's right. nba signature moves can you signature explain moves explain what that is to for well, me in the audience it's a subjective thing it's right. kind of what cuz i had to i had to pick your brain i said like are we talking about like Oh, uh, like when Michael Jordan hit the buzzer beater against the Cavs? We're not talking about signature moments. Yes. We're talking about moves. Repeatable moves. Which, yeah, I think by definition, a, a signature move has to have been performed at, at least more than once. I mean, ideally, like, many times. Right. But... But it can't just be like, oh yeah, that one such that and such one player move that was he's famous. known for such and such move. Yeah, yeah. Um, or like that, yeah, like that one shot that, yep. that like whatever won a game. It's like right. no, no, no. That's the thing that that guy does. Right. That's that move is kind of linked and tied to that guy um, uh, in history. And uh, yeah, I mean, um, I think that there's there's sort of a lot of different ways you can interpret that, but that's the general idea. Okay. Um, so I think we should. Uh, so in the last draft, we the last draft we did was enforcers. I had a first overall pick. That means you're up first uh, in this draft. That's right, I am up. And Number I one. am I am really curious what your what your first overall signature move will be i mean this was one where in past drafts i felt like i kind of went a little bit more personal preference uh-huh. um oh boy and tried to go for like don't break my heart something here. that you know maybe another person wouldn't necessarily think of but yeah. that meant something to me personally this is right down over the middle of the play but for me signature moves there there is such a towering obvious in your face signature move since it's not only the best move in basketball history it may very well be the the most unstoppable move in sports history and that's why i I was simply i had no choice but to take this signature move as number one in the signature move draft and that is of course the skyhook wow kareem abdul jabbar wow completely 
utterly unstoppable, indefensible. The skyhook. It's it's the one move that literally just. I mean, I, I don't know if it's possible for anyone to actually go through game film and account for how many of Kareem's you know NBA history record uh, points scored were scored from skyhooks. But like, you got to figure it's like over half of his points, right? Like he that oh. he like well over. Right. Oh yeah. Like I, th- I would go as far as saying like it's probably eighty percent of his points. Like there are more skyhooks than most NBA greats have ever scored in their careers. Yes. Um, and Kareem was the guy that mastered it. Obviously. Why was this such an effective shot? Well, so Kareem was a towering, lumbering seven foot two giant. Yeah. With very long arms. Yep. Very long legs. And so if he tried to shoot a basketball just normally, it would be very difficult for any defender to block. Yeah. But when he did a sky hook, which was not just a normal hook shot, which had been in the NBA for a long time at that point, but the sky hook was something he did where he kind of swung his, swiveled his hips and yeah. swung his entire body around, extending his right arm yeah. up to its absolute peak while jumping off yeah. of his left leg to create this point where the ball was above the rim yeah. with it still in his hand. So he's shooting down. He's shooting down. He literally doesn't have to shoot. He just has to kind of Drop. flick the ball with his wrist yeah. towards the rim. Because gravity will carry the ball down. Yeah, so yeah. he has gravity on his side to carry the ball downward. And so he just kind of has to aim it. He just has to look towards the basket and just kind of direct it and aim it and then just flick it with his wrist. He has no fear of the shot being blocked because... At that length of his arm and with him jumping at the apex of his jump, literally no man in the league can reach that. Mm -hmm. They would also have to go through his entire body because he's shooting from his, you know, his outside arm. So his body and his other arm are between the shooting arm and the basket. So the defender is between that. And there's just like, literally, it's like too high and too far away for anyone to ever reach. It's impossible to I block. Mean, like, the release point is so high. People blocked it, I guess, like when he was bringing it up or like someone from behind might right. be able to like, you know, snatch it kind of like if he didn't see them. But like basically if, if he gets the ball to like the point of release. Yeah. No chance. There's like, no chance. There's no defending it. Yeah. And on top of that, he was just incredibly accurate. He just mastered the move and he did it so many, so many times that it was literally like throwing a, a baseball through a hula hoop. It was just like, boom. It was just money in the bank. Money in the bank. Um, And like when you have a move like that, it turns out you can just score the most points in NBA history and get six MVP awards and win six titles or, yeah. And so... Uh, it's uh, it's it's the best move. It's there's no there's no way that any signature move could ever be called as deadly as effective. And also, I will say, a big part of my signature move draft picks was aesthetic, uh, you know, beauty. And um, you know, while while it did get a bit repetitive, perhaps if you were watching him year after year, um, it was a beautiful, graceful move. I mean, for a seven foot two guy to move his body and kind of like do it in such a like kind of fluid like efficient fashion. Yeah. Um, it had just enough of like, of the aesthetic beauty to not be like, like Shaquille O'Neal dunking. I mean, you could say that's a signature move, but like, I'm not going to fucking draft that because like, that's no. garbage to look at. Like, in, Kareem like, was a seven foot ballerina. Yeah, he really did. He, he twirled and spun and, yeah. and then just the ball would go in the hoop almost every time. BC, and I, we, we've been doing these drafts for a while months now. Months now. Months <laughs> now. Yeah. Um, have you ever had the experience in a draft, which again, we've been doing for months. Uh, have you ever had the experience of the opponent, the arrival GM drafting mm-hmm. someone and sort of ex- uh, like expanding on like why the, they made the pick that they did. Mm. And it sort of inspired you to think of something, uh-huh. a player or a move or an element that you hadn't even considered really? wasn't even on your draft changing, board. Changing changing up your strategy mid, mid you draft? just presented something to wow. me that's not skyhook related. Uh-huh. I want to say that's not skyhook hook related. Because I was going to say you seemed almost surprised when I said skyhook. I was shocked. That's interesting to me. I mean, because I to kn- me it was like. I knew Skyhook was very much on the board. I mean, yeah. Skyhook is on my board. Yeah. Yeah, Skyhook's right there. Sure. Right there. Gotta be. I didn't know, I didn't, I wasn't sure where you would go with first yeah. overall. 
And I do feel like Skyhook is consensus number one. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like I wasn't a Lakers fan. Obviously, Kareem played before sure. I ever tuned into the yes. NBA. I, he's not so, my favorite player of all time. So but like, for me, that's probably the surprising thing. Was yeah. like this is not like a player from our youth. Sure, right. Um, and my player is a player from our youth. Interesting. Uh, my number one overall. But like, there are no apologies about the Skyhook. Mm-hmm. But I want to say mm-hmm. that your your drafting of Skyhook has really put something in my head that look it's not first overall Mm. i can't take this first overall but like okay but it shook up your board a little bit i mean does does this move does this signature move that just came into my brain does that make a run at the fifth round like can can he get action in the fourth round i don't know i certainly hope so i can't wait to hear it um but i'm on the i'm on the clock for first overall all right this one to me it's I'll just put it out there. It's not going to be whatever. I, ca- I can't qualify it. I have no idea what where you're headed here. It's Olajuwon's dream shake. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was my number two. So this was our, <laughs> the, yeah, this was our arch nemesis yeah. as kids. Obviously, Patrick oh, Ewing and the Knicks lost in heartbreaking fashion to Hakeem Olajuwon and the Houston Rockets. I, I mean, Olajuwon was one of our great rivals as kids. Yeah. Uh, he took down one of our heroes, Ewing. Outside of Michael Jordan, he's the only player yeah. that I watched where I was just like, we can't beat him. He's too good. He's like a benevolent villain. Or, you yeah. Know, like he's our benevolent nemesis. He's not even a villain. He's he, a nemesis. Yeah, that, like he, 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 like he didn't, he didn't uh, torture the league. He's he the just only player that beat my team that I couldn't even bring myself to hate because no. he was just. It's like what he was this, so good. This seems so like beautiful. such a lovely man. Yeah. Uh, and such like a worldly man. Great human. Yeah, like a great human. Uh, um, but let's break down the dream shake the a little bit. Shake. So this is a, you know, it's interesting. They're, the dream shake has different uh, forms. Right. Um, but it is essentially a shot fake and a spin off the defender to go the other way. Right. And it took different um, shapes and forms. So we have we have under the basket, you would often see Olajuwon shot fake, go up and under the defender mm-hmm. for a basket like in, in the post. And then further away from the basket in the mid range, he could also do a more traditional uh, dream shake, which was like kind of flash in one direction, hard fake, spin and roll the other direction, mm-hmm. and fade away. By the way, your your gestures and gesticulations here are top notch. I mean, I, I wish the, the, the I, listeners I, could see this because what can I say? This guy is you're, a you're he's a ballerina. Like, I don't even know if you realize you're doing it, but you're kind of moving in and shaking. No, as like you describe like it. it's you're you're talk you're trying to describe the choreography yeah. of one of the great ballerinas that we've ever seen. You wear see these a jersey in your head, and it almost like takes over your body physically, like. And kind of almost start to mimic it. Olajuwon. It's so pleasing to look at. Olajuwon was out there pirouetting. Oh I mean, God. like, like let, let's be real. I mean, like, he had everything. Like, you know. his heels, like, didn't touch the the court. Like, he was just on his toes He was a magician. Time. And, you know, I did a little research here. The key to the dream shake really was deception mm. and footwork, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Olajuwon credits his upbringing as a soccer player mm-hmm to the success of the dream shake. Yeah. And it was really all about like selling the fake, right? Like selling it and twirling off, mm. twirling in the opposite direction with those feet. And he was just nimble. He was light on his feet. And I mean, he was a seven foot tree. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this is this is a guy with a uh, a huge body that was just light on his feet. Yeah, and centers aren't supposed to move like that. No, like, and he... They're supposed to, like, back you down, He made back it you look down. so easy, man. Maybe, maybe one pump fake and then go up for a dunk. He made it look so easy. And, you know, there's also a mystique to Hakeem Olajuwon, too. This is a guy who, in his retirement... People, uh, Kobe Bryant famously like made a pilgrimage to Houston to train with Hakeem Olajuwon mm. to learn the to learn the Dream Shake moves. Right, like he, there is a a, a mysterious quality to uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, a quiet sort of unspoken um, uh, element to Hakeem Olajuwon that uh, I don't know. I, I loved and I admired from afar, even though, like I said, he was kind of our arch nemesis, the guy that. Stood in the way of the Knicks winning a championship in in the mid '90s. So, Hakeem Olajuwon, my first overall pick for my uh, NBA signature move. Yeah, that's a, that's an outstanding pick. Was, was going to be my second pick, even though like you know I he was the he was the guy that that literally made me cry, that broke my little eleven year old heart of course. Uh, in 1994. Yep. 
Um, but I couldn't even be mad at him because he was just that good. And uh, let's also like point out just how fucking cool a name Dream Shake is. Like the name of the signature move played a pretty yeah man. pretty important part. Dream Shake. Dream Shake. It's like oh what it. Hakeem dr- the Dream. Hakeem the Dream was his Hakeem nickname. Hakeem the Dream. And his move was the Dream Shake. The Dream and it Shake. Because he he shook people. He, sh- he would shake you into a he dream. He would shake. The opponent would shake. You we would- also just have to give a quick shout out to David Robinson for yeah. being the poster boy of Dream Shake victimhood. Absolutely. In the 1995 playoffs, I believe it was. Or was it the 94 or 95 playoffs? I forget. But it was, no, it was the 95 playoffs because that was the year that Robinson won the MVP award yep. over Olajuwon. Right. Um, and Olajuwon won MVP showed in 94. Him who was boss. Yeah. Um, Robinson won MVP award, I believe was presented with the award because that back then they gave out the uh, the uh, end of year trophies during the playoffs, which was such yeah. a better way to do it than the current um, Wait, time. Wait, back in the day they would take in into account playoff play is that what you're saying no 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 they would it was, it was still a regular season based on regular season play yeah. award but they, they would give it away right it away during the playoffs oh i see um, i see as opposed to after the season right over. as opposed to like in the middle of the off yeah. season when everyone's forgotten about yeah uh, the, the previous season but anyway yeah so they presented um the spurs were playing the rockets in san antonio so they presented robinson with the award at like bef- like at some pregame ceremony um with the rockets like in the house like to sit Jesus. there and watch it and Elijah was like, all right, cool. Well, I mean, why don't you just put a target on the guy's yeah, back? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, that's why it was so awesome and such a great, <laughs> like, I, I kind of love the get NBA the guy killed? for doing that. Like, because really? Then it was like, okay, let's, Thanks, see, if he, David let's Stern. see if he really is the MVP. Yeah, yeah, I mean, let's see what David he's Robinson made of. was very good. Like, let's be honest. He was absolutely deserving of that yep. award. A absolutely dominant the like, Admiral. freak of, of, of nature in 95. But not as good as the Dream Shake because Elijah Wan shook him so hard and yep. like every you know highlight from like nba inside stuff back in the mid 90s you would at some point see the the in, you know, like just absolutely uh iconic hakeem olajuwon move where he like pumps once yep robinson stays home pumps twice robinson yep. bites and just jumps like all the way over olajuwon's head like practically like into the stands and then olajuwon just goes up and under the basket and flips in a little layup and it's just like wow you just made david robinson the mvp of the league look like a foolish a clown. child a clown yeah yeah um and of course the rockets went on to win that series and the nba championship against shaquille o'neal my God. I mean, Olajuwon went through all of the great centers of that era, Ewing, Shaquille, I Robinson, mean, and just laid waste to all of them. Like, that's insane. Sidebar, this is, that's another draft that yeah. we have to do. Like, whenever you're ready to do the NBA center draft. Oh, yeah. Man. I mean, that's, that's, a good one. that's an incredible class. I mean, yeah. the 90s alone is the 90s, an Yeah, you could class. do literally just 90 centers, and you could yeah. easily come up with five. All right, stay um, tuned. All right, all right. Yep, make a, make a little... Uh, uh, bookmark for that. All right, one. you're on the clock. Second overall. Okay, my second overall. And I'm actually really glad. In some ways, I'm uh, very happy that don't you picked, break my heart. Uh, Dream Shake yeah. because that means that I get I to know pick. Where you're going. My, maybe uh, like in my heart, my favorite I know, signature move. I know. Uh, do you know? I don't know. I bet I do. It's George Gervin's finger roll. Oh, wow. Whoa. Wow. Gervin is another another curveball. Gervin is on my board. Gervin finger roll is on my board. Believe me. Wow. Well, I mean, the finger roll, George Gervin did not invent it. Nope. It was a move um, that was first pioneered by the likes of Will Chamberlain. Um, Did it begin in the ABA? Uh, well, not really. I mean, okay. what Chamberlain was doing, I mean, there were finger roll type, type moves. Like right. Chamberlain did a, did a move where he technically like kind of like extended his arm and his arm was so close to the basket that he kind of like was able to just like flick it off his fingertips. Yep. Um, and then, but yeah, it really wasn't until the ABA and George Gervin and also the likes of Julius Irving and, uh, and Connie Hawkins was also a, uh, a major, um, major user of, of the move. Um, but really, it's it's to me a signature move has to be a move that is just synonymous with a certain player, mm-hmm. um, and kind of like embody and like like um, in a way like it's not just like a player that a, that a or a move that a player does a lot, but it's a move that kind of like encapsulates the essence of that player. Yes, um, in a way that like you know uh, so, I don't know there's other moves that we yes. can get to later that I don't I just don't feel like are quite as like I don't know just like kind of capture like the, the spirit and the and the vibe of a player but for George Gervin the Iceman mm-hmm. um, who was 
maybe the coolest or second coolest player in my opinion in like NBA history. We could do like a cool draft. That's another one later. But but George Griffin was nicknamed the Iceman, mm-hmm. and that's because he was cool. And in order to actually get that nickname, you have to be extremely cool. And the finger roll was the way he did it, just the coolest move. Yeah. Because you don't need to do anything too difficult. You're just kind of flicking the ball up off your fingertips. But it's extremely hard to do. But if you do it like George Gervin did it, it doesn't look hard. It looks effortless and beautiful and just like... Like the ultimate like finesse, like all these big men are like hammering away down low. They're trying to block your shot. And then you just like flick it just over their outstretched hands and it just like kisses off the glass. Wow. There's a spin on the ball mm-hmm. because of the way it comes off the fingertips. It just rolls off the tips. And it just rolls off. And Gervin was just like, he just had the softest touch. He could do it from like f- as far away as like the free throw line. He could do it up underneath the basket. He could do like a little double pump like windmill um, from like the side, kind of like the, the baseline. He could come down the baseline and do like See, a, these guys are artists. Oh my God. Like that to me that's, was... That's artistry. Yeah, We're that's, not just talking about putting a ball in a hoop. We're yeah. talking about how do we want to put It's the like ball you would hoop. watch them and be like, oh, I didn't... Like that's a move that yeah. not everyone does. Like oh, that, I didn't realize I was like, watching Picasso yeah. in a basketball jersey. You just like added to like the richness and like culture of this game by popularizing this move and, and just making it so your own and and utilizing it to such deadly effect it wasn't like he would do it a lot like it wasn't just like a one time or like you know once a game like he would that was his regular shot like that was like his skyhook yes um and it was like just as difficult to defend and just as beautiful as any move uh that's why i go with george gervin the finger roll wow team cw on the clock second overall we are going with Mm. the one the only alan iverson's crossover So Allen Iverson was completely unstoppable when crossing up defenders. He had a habit of making people look silly, fall Mm -hmm. on their butts. Iverson became uh, like an instant icon his rookie year when he crossed up Jordan, right? Yes. I kind of feel like for any signature move to really like capture the public imagination. There's a moment. There has to be a moment where it's employed. His moment was crossing up Jordan. Yeah. And so, I mean, the the move is sort of, uh, the, the name says it all, crossover, mm-hmm. but simply, you know, it was in Iverson's case, hard to the left, cross hard to the right, mm. and uh, just crossing up the defender's feet and, dr- and drive to the bucket or in the case of Iverson, with Jordan, pull back and knock down a jumper mm. in his face. Iverson on that play actually crossed him up twice. Right. He set him up to see if he would bite. He one, set him up once like, will you bite on it? Yeah. He did. And yeah. then he's like, okay, old man, let's see if you'll bite again. He crossed him up a second time even harder. Yeah, the second one was like... It was like, yeah. God damn it, Iverson. Like, take it easy. Yeah, like, yeah. he's an icon. Like, yeah. leave him some self-respect out yeah. there. What we love about what we love about Iverson crossing up all people is, you know, we, we love seeing the ultimate underdog, this little guy, Allen Iverson, Tiny. who is six foot nothing. He's the ultimate little man defying the odds. 160 pounds. He made defenders look silly in the process and does it with a swagger Mm. and an attitude. Mm. Iverson was the epitome of tough. He was the epitome of courageous. He uh, attacked the basket with a ferocity like no other. He would attack the rim. He would give up his body in the process. Mm. Baggy shorts just blowing behind him. The baggy shorts. And and, and it made every bit of the crossover all the more ecstatic. The braids. like the, The thing about Iverson was he was Barry Sanders like yeah when when Barry Sanders would hit the hole right he would cut so hard you were almost afraid of him like hurting himself being like you're gonna break your ankles if you do that man like just don't resist gravity so much how can that tiny body support that movement your ligaments violent your your ligaments are gonna snap if you do that yeah and you could see that in his shorts his jersey his braids all of it like swaying with the wind when he would snap left to right, front to back. He was like and a little tiny action figure that you were just like throwing around in your backyard. He was like a video game character, yeah. man. Like it was like as if you were just like jerking around a joystick, and yeah. but his body could do that and remain its like center of gravity. Yeah, like he had I, cheat codes. Iverson, yeah. one of a kind. For all of our fans in the Philadelphia area, please know we Ben and I have a deep dive uh, Allen Iverson podcast coming up in the near future. Oh, we're yeah. we're going to explore all the elements of Iverson's career and his impact on the NBA. 
Um, so hang tight on that. But I mean, we will, so we'll, we'll expand more on AI. Just a um, little teaser for the future. On, on, at another time. Yeah. But um, man, Alan Iverson, one of a kind, the crossover, an iconic move. Obviously, the the crossover has been borrowed from uh, yeah, by he, other people. He wasn't the first to do it. He wasn't the first to do it. It's, it's but why been was used. It, what was it about his crossover that made it like hit like it was like uniquely his? Yeah, I think man, Just the like, way it looked, like this. It, it, it sounds um, it sounds kind of general to say this, but it was like the swagger with which he mm-hmm. brought you know, the swagger with which he crossed people over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, you know, there was a, an audacity to Allen Iverson too. Mm-hmm. There was an audacity to being like, dude, you're a, you're a rookie. You shouldn't be crossing up Michael Jordan. Who's the greatest player to ever play the game. Yeah. You know, like we something get we'll, it. Something we'll definitely get into uh, more deeply in our, in our AI deep dive. But, but about that just briefly, like I didn't realize this until I started researching him more, but or I didn't remember it, I guess, from the time because we were both watching it uh, at that point. But right. he like took shit for that. Oh yeah, like he like old school like NBA like fogies were like that's disrespectful to Young Michael man. Jordan. Yeah, like you, that's like you're you're out of line. Like that's not your place to not do that place. to to MJ to yep. his airness. Yep, he actually like got like he, like heat and like he shade. flack. Yeah. For like crossing think, over a player in competition, it's like again we can. Yeah, um, isn't that like the point of basketball? We can to, expand on this in the AI pod, but yeah. I think that is fundamentally oh, yeah. Allen Iverson. Yeah, right? like, like that moment was one. If that's why that's such an iconic moment, is because that was like. But that theme is fundamentally Allen Iverson at yeah. the core, which is like authority figures saying like. Alan, you that's can't do that. That's not the way it's supposed to be done. That like that's not what you do to tradition. Yeah. And Alan Iverson was like, "Fuck tradition, man!" Yeah. Like I'm Alan Iverson. Watch what I'm about to do. Yeah. I'm so good that I don't need to fucking listen to you. AI crossover. That's the second overall for Team CW. Damn. BC, you're on the clock. Strong, strong. Wow. All right. We are off to a blazing start here. Yep. Already round three. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna piggyback on on the AI crossover. Yeah. Um, and I am going to reach a little Do bit it. deeper Do into it. a a sort of a sub uh, category of the crossover. Yeah. And that is the Sham God crossover. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. You thought I was going somewhere else? Uh, I thought you yeah, were I doing where you something. Thought I was going. Yeah, yeah. I, that was, I don't know. But I'm gonna, I actually had it ranked higher, but I, I don't know why I just got inspired. Sham God. Sham God. Let's talk Sham God. God, Sham God, to yeah. be specific. Okay. That's right. That was his name. That was his birth name. God, uh-huh. Sham God. Uh-huh. He, uh, he didn't really like that name and he went by the alias Sham God Wells. Up wow. until like throughout most of his childhood and stuff, um, and then when he like got to college, they like asked him to. They were like, it costs like six hundred bucks or something like that to like change your name legally. So he was like, oh, okay, I guess I don't want to pay that. I'll just go by my actual birth name, which right. was God G O D Sham God. He was an NYC legend. Yep. Um, went to uh, went to play high school ball at LaSalle Academy in Manhattan. Okay. But he was born in Brooklyn, raised in uh, in Harlem childhood friends with the rapper Cameron. Um, just a little wow. bit of trivia for you. Great. Um, and he was, uh, he was just like a street ball and New York City high school legend who became famous for this move that, that he kind of popularized called the Sham God Crossover, which is really kind of impossible to describe um, without having a visual accompaniment. But um, to kind of try to sum it up, it's like a crossover, but you sort of like put the ball out further in front of you where it's like, oh, like a defender could steal that. And then you like literally pull in front back. of you. Yeah. Like, like in, you sort in of front like, of your waist. Yeah. Like not to the side. Yeah. In front. It's not, it's not like, like every other crossover dribble was or, like, or dribble east move west. was like, keep it tight, keep it below you yeah. so that no one can, can grab it. But this was a move that was actually intended to get the defender to bite, to reach for the ball. And then you bring it back with yeah. like the off hand. Yeah. And, pull it around and su- and like your body and the footwork is also we were talking about footwork with yeah one's dream shake the footwork is super crucial to the sham guy crossover because you do like a little like a little shuffle step thing where it just looks like oh he's going one direction like it's like i don't know it's almost more visually deceiving than a regular crossover because it just looks like oh there's no way like you could 
put the ball out that far, like it just like it would make defenders just fall down. And you have to just go on YouTube and search for Sham God crossover t- uh, videos because until you see it, you like once you see it, you're like, oh, that move. If you're not familiar with it, but um, but it was just like a a really like crazy move, very very difficult to pull off. Like if you didn't do it correctly, the ball would just be stolen. You'd look like an idiot. But God Sham God uh, was just he just had like the tightest, most like killer handle inspired the likes of Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. and uh, Baron Davis and all these guys who came after him. Ball handling wizard. Yeah, like an absolute freak. Um, it's funny you bring up wizards. He was actually drafted by the Wizards okay. in, uh, in 1997. He only played 20 games in the NBA, just one season, uh, and kind of just left the league and, and went overseas and played in China and, and elsewhere overseas for a while after that. But um, he was just like one of those guys that didn't quite have that much else of a game, I guess. Wasn't a yeah. big defender. He was really just famous for his kind of like street ball dribbling moves. He played it for a couple of years in Providence and did really well. That's uh, right. Got to the Elite Eight That's um, right. That's in 97. Right. And I think because of that, he was like, he came out early, probably came out a little bit earlier than he should have from college. And, uh, and his NBA career just kind of like petered out. But, uh, but yeah, he went to China and became like a legend over there. Um, like won like MVP awards and stuff in China for a few years. And, um, and yeah, so he's like one of those guys that never had a real NBA career to speak of. Um, but his one move, Sham God crossover, is now legendary. Used, uh, Westbrook uses it all the time. Uh, like, you know, people like bring it up in, in, in interviews and stuff with, with players to this day. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, it's a move that, that actually outlives the player that, yeah. that popularized it, which to my mind makes it eligible as a signature move. I love it. Yeah. Sham God crossover. I'm on the clock, third overall. I'm going with... The Magic Johnson no look pass. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. So it was showtime. Damn it. It was showtime when Magic Johnson was on the court. Yeah. One sure of the was. greatest point guards to ever play the game. Yeah. Magic had a decided advantage over his opponents in, in that he was a very tall point guard, so he could see over the top of his defenders. His showmanship on the court was second to none. He was there to entertain fans, and because of this, you know, he he pulls off this no-look pass like no other. Mm. Um, he, you know, this is a guy that could whip the ball from the top of the key you know, no look, just whip it over the shoulder. Off the dribble. Or he could drive into the paint on the fast break, mm. freeze the defender in the middle. Part part of the part of the uh what what made this pass so effective was obviously Magic was such a strong offensive player, had a great shot. So you don't know whether you're defending a pass, a shot, or what. And if you have two guys on either side of him, you're basically trying to defend against the hoop and the two guys on the wing. Yeah, I mean just driving into the paint, magic kicking to the wing. Uh he made defenders look like total fools with his deceptive ability to yeah. pass the ball. Just puppets, part of his show. Puppets, part of the show. And uh, again, he's the ultimate showman. Um, I think that's a big part of this. Mm-hmm. When, when I think of signature moves, Magic Johnson was the epitome of showtime. He was the epitome of fun. Mm-hmm. He's the epitome of fast break. Let's get out and run. Have some fun. We'll smile. We'll make people look silly. Basketball is a fun uh, game. Also, it's his, a fun sport to watch. His name is Magic. Yeah. His name is Magic, and he's creating magic on the court. That's right? a different draft, the nickname draft. I understand. Which, yeah. But part of, part of who... Um, Part of who he is and his signature move go hand in hand. Like mm-hmm. his signature move essentially was creating magic. Mm-hmm. It was creating mystery, right? It was creating sort of like, oh. now you see me, now you don't, right? And I like that. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. Magic Johnson, the ultimate showman. Deception. A tall point guard that could just set up teammates, make defenders look like fools. Uh, the Magic Johnson no look pass is my third overall selection Damn. in the signature move draft. That's a real strong choice. I, I was a little dis- little outside the box, but no, not at all. In fact, I I was. Um, I will say my picks are decidedly uh, cater toward uh, people I saw and people. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm seeing like the theme f- for certainly for me through the drafts is like people who I have an emotional connection and relationship with seeing them play yeah and for me it's like magic 
like inspired fun, inspired like anything is possible. Like mm-hmm. the game can be more than the game. It can be dance. It can mm-hmm. be just, just, just glitz and glam and glitz entertainment. Glitz and glam. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, I really love that point. That it you can made be a about, party. It can be a party on the court. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's like celebrities show up. It's a party. It's a Hollywood party. Yeah. Um, that point that you made though about how like the no look pass was specifically like part of a magic trick. Yes. Like is, is something that I never really thought of before, but that's like, like incredible. His it's move true. was magical. Yeah. Like, yeah. cause you thought like magic is all about like, Oh, you thought you were going to see something and then something completely different happened. Exactly. And that's, that's what his passing that's was. That's what his move was. And that's wow. also what his name was. Beautiful. Yeah. That is a signature move. Yeah. Well, I was pissed off when you named it because, um, I had a no look pass on my big board oh, as well, but throw it out there. But it was, I, I, if I it's a different, it's a different person. But I'm gonna just mention it briefly and then and then do a real okay. uh, fourth pick. But I I was gonna go for Pete Maravich, ooh, um, because I'm like a little history dork. Um, Pistol Pete, uh, and I just love uh, old school Pistol Pete highlights. He was you know doing them. You know he didn't quite have. Again, it's funny. Like the NBA is so great because of the way the game evolves and just goes kind of gradually and step by step from yes. like players to other players that take that thing but then add something to it and advance it it and 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 it evolves a little bit but pistol pete had the flair uh and like did the the no look passes before magic this was in like the 70s -hmm. he was in college in like the late 60s and then um had a had a sort of brief but but very uh successful career in the 70s with the atlanta hawks and the then new orleans jazz um but uh, but Pete Maravich had like some insane passes that were like really I mean like Bob Cousy did some fancy stuff like way back in the day but yeah. but uh, until Maravich came along it really like there wasn't like f- you know kind of like fancy playground type moves on a basketball court it was all very like structured and very like rigid yeah um, until Pete came along so anyway I'll skip that one though as, as a pick um, but because Magic- no it's important to mention that like Magic's predecessor was Ma- like Maravich brought the party to basketball yeah. I mean, like, Maravich was definitely like like one of the one of the early like party innovators. Yeah, early innovators. But Magic kind of took it to the next level Absolutely. of being like, okay, so I see what Pistol Pete does. I'm going to see where Pistol I'm gonna, Pete left I'm gonna off. I'm going to do this in a in an even more exaggerated fashion. Like, yes, I'm going to like turn my head and like look really really like exaggeratedly at the guy that they think I'm going to pass to, and then pass it to the other guy. Like, you know what I'm I th- gonna, like? You know what I think of when I think of Magic Johnson, and the, and it and it it definitely you see it with the pass. Mm-hmm. The dude was laughing on the court. Oh yeah. Like he was smiling and laughing. He was like almost annoying. I won't say he was annoying because I love. No, but him, he was like but annoyingly he was happy. Like, Dude, like calm, calm down. You're, you're like no one yeah. can have that much fun. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but he really, it he, like he I feel like was. was maybe one of the first pro athletes who seemed like he was just tickled. Like yeah. he was literally tickled by what his team could do. Yeah, like he was like 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 constantly surprising himself almost yes. at his own talent yes. and his teammates talent. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So magic is, is like in a way, like he's the better pick. He's the stronger pick because he kind of like took it to where it should be in terms of like the entertainment and the flair right. and, the, and the flash, but just quick shout out to pistol Pete. Okay. So my actual fourth pick, yes, since I can't, Take that one is gonna be the oh man. All right, I'm gonna go with good stuff all around. Yeah, this is tough. Um, a lot of moves out there on the board, so many good moves, a lot of signature moves. Don't I pull mean... a Smiths, you don't <laughs> want to pull a Smiths <laughs> pressure. All right, I'm gonna go see if I take this one though. Then I'm really, I have no idea what the fuck I'm gonna do for my fourth pick. Wait, um, you're this is your fourth, this pick. is my fourth, but I'm saying I had this one saved as my fifth pick. Oh, um, I see. So I'm going to go with, I will go with, wait, all right. I don't want to do another crossover, which we I could, but. You, you definitely could. I would say this, take the strongest thing you have on the board that you're most passionate about. Okay. And I can and always I'll... help you. I can always pitch you on ideas for a fifth pick. Okay. All right. So in that case, my number four pick, and I don't know if this totally qualifies as a signature move, which is why I thought it would be like kind of a good like flyer as a fifth rounder. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go because it is um, worth talking about. And it did happen more than once. So I think it qualifies yes. as a signature move. Oh, man. And that is the backboard shatter. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Not by Shaquille O'Neal, but by Daryl Dawkins, oh. who was the first guy to do it. Really? And in my opinion, I know it's silly that all my picks are like historical, like 70s and 80s I love, guys that I like didn't I even love. see in, in, in my lifetime. Please. Um, but I can't get enough. Daryl Dawkins is one of my favorite players of all time. 
Yeah. Um, hailing from the planet Lovetron, according <laughs> to him, um, just the massive bruising power forward slash center for the uh, 76ers and like later played for the Nets and, and a couple other teams. But The um, backboard shatter. But back in the 1979 season, I want to say... Daryl, yeah, in the 79-80 season, he was uh, he was playing a game and ripped a backboard off. Um, this was back before they did the breakaway rims like, with the spring-loaded. Um, so it was literally just like a piece of metal. Um, Can you talk that through real quick for our listening audience who yeah. maybe doesn't totally understand? So there used to be a, a rim mm-hmm. that was totally connected to the glass where they, it gave no resistance. So it literally, kind of... there was no spring involved. Okay. It was like a metal L shape. Yeah. So the rim came out at a 90 degree angle with the glass and the, and then it was just bolted. The metal was just bolted to the fiberglass backboard. So like, which is insane that it didn't presented enough force. Yeah. It's almost as if like guys knew that they could do it because it was like, didn't, I mean, I don't know. It's tough to say. I've never tried to, to there's break. no shock absorber. Yeah, I've never I've never tried to break a, a an NBA standard league uh, backboard from uh, circa 1980. Yeah, um, but I would imagine it's not easy to break. But you would almost think that it would it would have happened at some point before. Um, but it didn't until this man Daryl Dawkins decided he was going to do it. And I don't know if the first time he did it, if it was an accident. I think it was. I think it was kind of unexpected. But anyway, he was just so powerful and so forceful and such a awesome dunker yeah that he went up shattered a backboard um and it just like he just pulled the rim off and just left a hole like in the fiberglass and glass shattered everywhere and it was great and and just so like holy shit like i didn't know that was Listen, possible no one who bought a ticket for that game was upset about the delay oh, yeah. or cancellation like, of the game. I don't know what it, what would ha- like. I don't know if they canceled the game or if there was just a delay for them to wheel in a new hoop. Yeah, but every that's like seeing the greatest possible thing happen. Yeah. So it was a game against the Kansas City Kings on uh, on November thirteenth, nineteen seventy nine. He broke the backboard, and then and then he like realized like, oh, that was cool. That was kind of awesome that I'm able to do that. So three weeks later, he did it again. Yeah. Um, this time at home against the San Antonio Spurs, and literally because of that, the NBA created a rule that backboard breaking was an offense that would result in a technical foul and a suspension and a fine. Um, and then they changed the backboards to the uh, you know more modern like spring-loaded so that it became um, you know much more difficult yeah. to break a backboard but like you know in our childhood Shaquille O'Neal did Shaq. it um, I mean I have to obviously pay my respects to him because he yeah. didn't just break a backboard he brought down the entire hoop hoop um, which is pretty awesome do you remember and, where you were or anything about the details of watching that event um I did I, you watch it live I did you see it on inside didn't watch stuff it live I'm sure I watched on sports center like that yeah. night yeah um, and I was just like of course like it's it's just like it boggles the mind you're little like imagination I remember, is just like holy shit this guy is actually superman he can shatter i was young enough that it's pretty fuzzy the memory but i definitely remember watching it live i'm not sure if i was watching it in my basement with my brothers on like a saturday or if i was at my grandparents house but one or the other we were definitely watching it on like a wooden tv mm-hmm. like a wooden like bubble tv mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and it was unreal to see a shack in the black in the black Orlando Magic pinstripe jerseys mm-hmm. ripping down a hoop and the whole thing yeah it just slowly sagged it, yeah it I wasn't mean, like an immediate like oh shit it was just like it was oh, watching no, that it was like right. it was like watching a giraffe <laughs> die it was like watching a giraffe who had been shot or an elephant just like it's like no it's gonna hang on rumble. it's gonna hang on it's, it's, it's like it, it, oh it, my god yeah, run. It's, gonna... it's like Jurassic Park it's like run from the dinosaur <laughs> get away from this like monstrous oh, thing falling yeah I but mean, maybe I could have, I definitely could have picked Shaq. But. Shaq broke a few backboards. Yeah, too. That same, that 92-93 season, his rookie season, yeah. He did it against the Nets, and then I think... And the game literally had to innovate to counter Shaq. Yeah. They were like, this will continue to happen they if like, we don't They were like, oh, okay, so we fixed the, the backboard shattering problem, but it turns out the entire hoop yeah. apparatus is not, like, yeah. the support is not strong is enough. Is not strong enough for this, enough freak for this monster. Yeah. yeah, so they had to like do a whole like reinforcement of like the metal bolts and the support and like crazy crazy. i have a question about your selection of daryl dawkins yeah and and also with shack do you i mean i know it's impossible for us to answer this but i just want to wonder aloud here 
is it possible that these guys their that their motivation was to bring down the hoop? Mm. I don't know about Daryl Dawkins. For sure, the second one, he it's, it was. It's been documented that he set out. He wanted his to do goal it. was to like, he, like the make first glass one, explode. <laughs> the first one was was probably a, an unexpected, you know, kind of yeah. uh, freak accident. And then, he, but then once he did it, he was like. Oh, that's awesome! I want like, to show the world that I'm a yeah, force of like, nature. Clearly, like he became a name. He's like, yes. oh, that's the that's the bad dude that fucking. I'm the baddest person possible. Like, he yeah. dunks so hard, he breaks, breaks the equipment. Glass. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's like, like how is like how that's you... never that's never been like that's a like, you're like breaking the game because you're like too forceful and strong of a dunker. Like, yes, that's good luck. That's just so cool. Yeah, how cool is that? And then yeah. so he clearly did it intentionally the second time, which is why the NBA was like, oh wait, we have to actually like regulate this against yeah this, you know I, mean, I always wondered with Shaq if that was part of the motivation because he was a rookie when he oh, did that yeah, right yeah. he was like I definitely feel name. like he was like I'm Shaq I'm a force to be reckoned with yeah you're and all gonna absolutely became part of his legend me. yes yeah yeah but I just wanted to you know Shaq was probably inspired by Daryl Dawkins so I wanted no doubt. to just uh no doubt you know as a, as a history dork uh love it you know make sure that I that I shine the light on the on the the originals, the uh, the inspirations. The All right, yeah. so we have Daryl Dawkins breaking the backboard. I yeah. am up with a uh, fourth round selection, Team CW here uh, with the fourth overall pick. Mm. I am going to take. You know, it's a bit of an underdog. I'll say mm. it's a bit of an underdog. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a newbie. But for me, it like whatever. No apologies. This yeah. is this is who I am. This is the game that I grew up on. This is the game that I love. <laughs> um, I'm going with Rajon Rondo, uh, the behind yeah. the back the fake, fake pass, yep. and up for the layup. Rondo. So Rondo is a wizard. He's Rondo's an absolute. Rondo. Rondo's a magician with the ball. Yeah. To break down the move real quick, it's basically. He dopes you in with a pick and roll. Uh, So let's say Paul Pierce or Kevin Garnett sets a pick at the top of the key. Rondo's driving to the rim. But you think it's like, oh, it's Rondo. He's not a shooter. He's looking at all he wants to do is set up guys. He just wants to get assists. He's got to go. He's got to find KG or Pierce with an assist here. So as he's driving to the rim, he does a hard fake behind the back, Mm. a fake pass, and it is so lethal and so violent, a Mm -hmm. whip around the back, that you assume it has to be a pass. Here's the thing, though. Rajon Rondo has unusually large hands. Yes. He palms the ball. Which is critical. He palms the ball, so he whips it behind his back. The ball's around his butt. At this point, you think... He's got to let go of the yeah. thing. Guess what? He's not. The ball's not cupped in his wrist. He's just got it in his hand. At this point, which now... to the naked eye, is like, oh, well, you can't do that without actually throwing the ball. He's now, at this point, he's gliding up toward the rim. He's going straight up for an where's, uncontested where's the ball? Layup. Where's the ball? Guess what? He's at the rim. It's still in his hand? Kissing glass. He's kissing glass. He has an easy layup, uncontested. And, you know, part of... It's weird. Part of the mystique or part like part of the uh, appeal to this move was like... Again, Rajon Rondo was not... Is not uh, known for his jump shot, right? He's not known to be this like offensive player. So if he's driving to the rim, if he has the ball, you assume all he's going to be doing is passing. And it got to the point where he, he he was so disrespected by his defenders that he can go uncontested straight to the cup and uh, he would lay it right in. So I encourage all the listeners, if you haven't seen the move, Rajon Rondo, behind the back, ball fake. Mm-hmm. Um, one of a kind, Rajon Rondo. I will just note that the first person to do a behind the back, ball fake, mm-hmm. and then going for a layup was Pete Maravich. Wow. So, yeah. So we, you know, as hey. uh, in the words of Billy Scafuri, we stand on the shoulders of giants, of giant grandmas. Yeah, of giant grandmas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, shit. So my fifth pick. Your fifth pick. Um, um, I have, I have some ideas I can pitch you here. I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're definitely options. Yeah. I have a list here. Um, anything from your notable mentions that you feel like could uh, make you can make a case for in the fifth overall. I mean, there's plenty of modern moves, but I think for this one, I, I went decidedly historic for some yep. reason. Um, yeah. I really embraced uh, history. Going, going back into the annals. Yeah, I, I embraced history. Uh-huh. Um, so I think I might go with another uh, old timer here. Great. I don't even have that many interesting details or tidbits um, to share about this one, but uh, I'm going to name drop Earl Monroe. Yeah. Earl the Pearl. Earl the Pearl. And his spin dribble, spin dribble. 
it's kind of like I don't exactly know if it's a signature move as much as like just a thing that he kind of did all the time but he just like he was just a great ball handler um played for the um Baltimore Bullets and then of course his uh his best years were well his best years were actually probably with the Bullets but then later in his career joined the Knicks as part of that uh, awesome 1973 championship team uh shared the backcourt with Walt Clyde Frazier mm-hmm. But Earl the Pearl, aside from having one of the coolest nicknames and just a great, awesome-looking dude with, like, a beard and, like, you know, gold chains and just, like, a very awesome... We love... Yeah, we're Very, in. very cool guy. He just had a cool game, and a major part of his game was this, like, constant spinning. Like, he just kind of... It's almost like it was his preferred method of transportation across the basketball court was to kind of just, like herky-jerky like spin back and forth and it just always got the defenders Mm -hmm. off their off their stance a little bit and kind of like got them wrong-footed and he was just deadly like he could just get to where he wanted because he was just spinning and bobbing and weaving and he kind of reminded me a lot of like the way like joe frazier boxed where he was just constantly like moving and kind of this like perpetual like herky-jerky like i don't know like what's going on it's kind of just got you off your rhythm a little bit and he just did what he wanted to do um and it just looked cool he was just spinning and dipping and diving and doing little like you know like uh windmill like flips and stuff up to the basket and uh just had a had a really sweet game and that uh that that deadly spin dribble and like i don't know like other guys just didn't do it as much as him so i feel like it's maybe a bit of a reach for a signature move um didn't like it didn't have a name or anything i don't think so at all just his style of dribbling, I'll go with uh, Great. Earl Monroe's spin dribble, fifth pick. So with my fifth pick, I want to say that my fifth pick is decidedly uh, me, and mm-hmm. it's about it's for me, and it's about me, and it's not, this is not for any of these, you know, any of these bloggers. I don't give a yeah, the shit. Haters can like take haters, a hike yeah. This I don't care. So let me let me acknowledge first and foremost. I understand, like, <laughs> this move that I'm about to introduce, this is not, you know, yes, there was the Tim Duncan bank shot. Yes. Boring. There was the Dirk Nowitzki fadeaway one-legged jumper. Pretty boring. We get it. Shaq had a power spin move. We know about it. You know, Man. Jordan had a fadeaway. We've um, all seen it. Move, one move, move on. One move that I will, I will, I will, it's not my fifth overall pick, but I want to point out is, um, you know, <laughs> a move that I, I practiced regularly in my driveway oh boy. Uh, with my brothers uh, growing up as a child was Patrick Ewing's turnaway jumper. Oh, um, wow. You know, I stand uh, mightily at five foot seven inches yeah. as a, an adult in his 30s, and I play pickup basketball, and this is a move that makes little to no sense for me to practice on the court given my size. You and let me tell you, close to seven feet tall. I am running that play every time. <laughs> every time, go down, I will, to the, go down to the post. I will clap my hands, command the ball in the post. Yep. You know, I'll, I'll be matched up with someone much bigger Doesn't and heavier and taller than me. You. And I will, you know, pound the rock once, twice, yep. three times. Is it, a, is it a travel? Is it a carry? No, it I mean, is it an up and over? Maybe. Yeah. We can debate that in Maybe. another is pod. He, is he palming it? How how long can you pause between dribbles? <laughs> Who cares? Hey, they didn't call it on Patrick back in Doesn't the day. matter. I am emulating Patrick Ewing's mm-hmm. turnaround fadeaway jumper. I will go hard to the left, mm. fade to the right. I'd love to kiss glass, mm-hmm. or if I can't kiss glass, I just want to I want to swish the ball right in yeah. but I want to pay homage to Patrick Ewing's turnaround jumper um, now are you ever rocking like some wristbands as you as you do this move I'll rock I'll rock a headband every now and then okay uh, but I, I I actually really should get some wristbands because I kind of feel like that would make it feel that much more real of course if you had like some nice thick white wrist of wristbands. course of course yeah but my fifth and and final pick here so oh, it's I, not I, your fifth pick no I just want to acknowledge oh, wow, that, okay. that that there are that some significant there. moves out there okay my fifth and final pick belongs wow to sort of an untraditionally CW player. Uh-huh. This is not, you know, this is not a player that was like my idol or whatever. But my fifth pick belongs to Tracy McGrady <sighs> with the off, off the, the backboard, backboard dunk. Yep. <laughs> Had him on my list. So T-Mac. <laughs> Had him on my list. T-Mac pulled this move off for the first time during a preseason game in Boston uh. during his first year in Orlando. And it caught everyone off guard. And then he, it kind of hibernated for a little bit. And every now and then he would break it out during an all-star game. Yeah. But eventually he sort of took it out, uh, took it out during a regular season game. And, 
you know, the move is exactly what it sounds like, the off the backboard dunk, right? He's basically throwing an alley-oop to himself off the backboard. The move is exactly what it sounds like, but what really makes it unique is the audacity to do it in a game. Yeah. It is fundamentally... It's, it's a slam dunk contest shot. It is fundamentally one of the you most shouldn't... disrespectful things you can do <laughs> to an opponent, and it is one of the most demoralizing things you can do to an opponent. And just having the audacity to do that, I'm like, yeah. I tip my hat to you, sir. It's so ballsy. Turning a professional sporting event into like a pickup game, into yeah. a dunk contest... Into, a dun- into an all-star game weekend. Requires enormous balls. Yeah. McGrady could fly. McGrady could fly. I encourage everyone listening to the pod to hop on YouTube, check out McGrady's off the backboard dunk. He uh, he did it three or four times in game. Yeah. Uh, in games, definitely and enough to qualify. There is one time I I don't know if it was against Memphis. I feel like it was against the Grizzlies. He threw the ball. He threw the oop to himself literally from, like, the three-point line. <laughs> he, like, let the world know. You know what I mean? Like, when yeah. you're that far away from the basket to, like, throw the ball against the glass and then launch. Like, just drive to the hoop and launch from around the free-throw line. Here's the thing. It's also, like, a weirdly, like, smart and effective move in certain situations. Totally. If you're kind of trapped and, you're, you know, you pick up your, your, your dribble. Yeah. And you're suddenly like, oh shit! I can't. I don't. I don't have anywhere to go. I got an idea. Oh wait, there's this one crazy <laughs> there idea. There is one thing I can do. <laughs> the thing about this move again that like is so ingenious. It's like, who would have the balls to do this sort of thing? No one would think to do it. Yeah. I put it up there in terms of like moves, signature moves, ideas, or whatever. It's essentially like when you have the ball at the baseline and you're falling out of bounds and there's no one to pass Shucking to and over you that. essentially peg the guy <laughs> oh, to that, you. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically... It's a, it's a total bailout. It's right up there with like that level of punk move, but in, in terms of like, it's genius. Yeah. Like it's like you have to possess a certain level of fuck you mm-hmm. that you know, you have to have the athleticism to pull that kind of thing off. And like, if you try it and someone just like, a defender is just like, oh wait, and just like grabs the rebound, like you look like a clown, you look like an idiot. Like some, like it's easy, I mean, it's not easy because I don't think it ever even happened, but like you would think like, (laughs) that's why it's so audacious and ballsy because Yeah, if you give up the back, off the backboard alley-oop It's not like, it's like, what are you going to do? You lose possession of the ball for like a second and a half. Like a defender could easily just like step in front of you and either block your path to the basket or like grab the ball since it's just a, a ball uh, just I mean, floating I, off the back like I just it's open for everyone but no one is jumping already and in, in the air and flying towards it because imagine Tracy being is. the opposing defender imagine being like the opposing defender and the opposing coach in like the timeout after McGrady's <laughs> just like done the off the backboard dunk like what do you possibly say being like <laughs> do you I don't speak I, or are you just gonna like I don't know just, I guess take, a, take the I L just, guys just, I I didn't really anticipate him throwing yeah. the ball off the backboard and then dunking it like, on me. Do you even get on your gas for being like, why didn't you grab it? After it bounced off the point, backboard, why didn't someone like, grab the ball? Do you even draw up a play in the timeout? Like yeah. on the whiteboard, you're just kind of like, all right, guys. You just like, shake your head. I, I just, I call timeout just to be like, give <laughs> us like, let's yeah. just clear the air. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let the dust settle. Yeah. Let's all just take a few, kind of put that behind us because <laughs> that, yeah. It happened. Wow. All right, BC, those great, are great fifth pick. Those are NBA signature moves. That was the draft. Man. Any other notable mentions? Um, I mean, I, I, I think Manu Ginobili and James Harden's Eurostep uh, Euro step is sure, worth sure. worth mentioning. We have the Jordan fadeaway. Tim Hardaway with the killer crossover. I was going to say, killer crossover, UTEP two-step. Yep. Um, one that yeah, is, is kind of uh, a more recent one, I think, is... You know, a kind of a, a fun, iconic, a fun, iconic move that I hope uh, people remember about LeBron and his retirement is the chase down block. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's kind of become a signature LeBron thing. I thought about that, but it's sort of like, I mean, lots of other people do that. Do that. So, like, yeah. obviously he had, like, the most famous one. Yeah. In the finals. He but didn't innovate it. Yeah. Um, it's not like he invented it or, like, does it more than anyone else. So. True. This is true. But yeah, great. I mean, for, as far as signature moments go, like, yeah. that, that's up there. Um, Anything else for you? I mean, I had a... Uh, what else did I have? Oh, the only other one I had 
which is like I don't know, not that great. But the the Carl Malone mailman dunk, where he put his hand sure. behind his head. Yeah, I always thought that was pretty cool. Pretty as cool. a kid, because it's like, oh, that's how, that's like his, that's his thing. dunk. That's um, his thing. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, as far as dunks go, you could do all sorts of like Dominique Wilkins like windmill right. dunk. Well, like, that's another draft. That's yeah, all another draft. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for dunks. Well, maybe mailman resurfaces in the dunk draft. It's possible. It's possible. Um, we may not have seen the last of him. BC, this has been real. Thank you so much. <sighs> wow. This is the NBA signature moves Thanks, draft. Wait, wait, wait. Remind Read me, me your, your big five. Your five. Yeah. yeah. So my big five is the Olajuwon Dream Shake, Ooh. the Iverson crossover, Strong. Magic's no look pass. Rondo's behind the back ball fake, and then I finish off with Tracy McGrady's off the backboard dunk. Those are great moves. Love that Those team. Those are some great, great moves. Yeah. What do you My got? Gosh. Give me your top five. Uh, so I did the sky hook, number one. Yep. Very happy with that. Finger roll, number two. Extremely Gorgeous. happy with that. Yep. Number three was the Sham God crossover. Sham God. A bit of a deeper cut there, yeah. but very, we love very it. worth mentioning. We love it. And then the uh, backboard shatter. Right. Invented by Do- Daryl Dawkins, perfected perhaps by uh, by Shaquille O'Neal, yep. and then finished it off with the Earl Monroe, Earl the Pearl spin dribble. Dribble. Yeah. BC, this has been real. Thank you very did much. Sean did it again. We will talk to you uh, down the line about uh, the NBA season, which is right around the corner, yeah. and we will, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you more real soon more with drafts, more, more drafts. All right. Talk to you soon. Peace. All right. That was the Signature Moves Draft with Ben Crab. BC, thanks very much. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find me on Instagram. Send me your NBA-related questions at OnTheLinePod at gmail.com. Have a great week. Enjoy the NBA offseason. Enjoy the fall weather. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.